This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. My name is Matt Leto. I'm going to be preaching this morning. I have the privilege of preaching. And so why don't you, if you have a Bible, turn with me to the book of Matthew. Uh, It's in the New Testament. We're going to go to chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7. And hey, if it's your first time watching, we want to say thank you for joining with us. We know it's a big thing. Um, Sometimes it can be intimidating to come to church. In all honesty, this is probably the best way, if you're a little bit intimidated by church, to check it out. But however it is that you came to find us, whether it's a link that you clicked on or someone invited you or you're just looking for hope, you know what? We're glad that you're here. We don't believe it's by accident. We actually believe that regardless of whether it's your first time or thousandth time, that God wants to speak to you this morning and encourage you. And one of the ways that we love to do that at Nova Church is through the Bible. And so we're going to read now Matthew 7. It's going to come up on the screen. um, And you're going to see that there. Or if you have a Bible, you can just join along. It says this, Matthew 7, verse 24, says this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, because he was preaching to a crowd, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority, not as their teachers of the law. I want to title this message this morning, Words to Live By words to live by, because Jesus is inviting us to put his words into practice in our life. And if we do that, that we'll have a firm foundation. Why don't you pray with me this morning from wherever you are, we believe that God can speak. So let's pray this morning and just ask God to speak to us. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is living and active and powerful. We thank you that even right now as people are watching, however it is that they've tuned in, whether it's before or whether it's right now live or whether it's later on, God, we know that your spirit is there. So God, we ask that you would, you would move in people's lives. God, we pray that you would, wherever people are listening, that you would speak. And God, wherever you speak, there would be encouragement and you would move in people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You know, I, um, growing up, I was very blessed to have a great relationship with my dad. To be honest, my dad was one of my best friends. Um, you know, he's one of my heroes. I love him so much. And he taught me pretty much everything I know. He taught me how to skate. He taught me how to ride a bike. He taught me how to stand up to bullies. You know, he taught me how to read. My dad was just, we had so many conversations. We spent so much time together. But it's funny how there can be certain conversations or certain moments that just stand out in your mind, isn't it? Uh, Maybe for you, um, it's not a parent figure. Maybe it's a mentor. But you can remember certain words to live by, those certain things that people say that just stick out in your mind and stick out in your memory. For me personally, one of those moments was when I was was driving for the first time. And uh, to be honest, I was... I was pretty good at driving right off the bat. I've never been in an accident, uh, except one time someone ran into the back of me, but it was not my fault. And one of the reasons I think that is, is because when I first started driving, my dad said this to me. I remember it. He was in the passenger seat, and I was in the driver's seat. I turned on the car, feeling a little bit nervous, you know, and he just looked at me and said, Matt, 
Remember, everyone else on the road is an idiot. Drive accordingly. And I was like, oh, okay, you know? <laughs> and I mean, that sounds ridiculous. But like, to be honest with you, when I told my wife that, she was like, Oh, that makes a lot of sense. And I was like, what does that mean? And she's like, oh, nothing. You don't have a road rage problem at all, right? But it's one of those things where, where it sticks in my mind. And to be honest with you, I think that it has made me the driver that I am. When I'm driving down the highway, those words come into my mind. And when I see someone kind of swerving, I'm like, that person's going to come into my lane. Or when I see someone coming up to a stop sign just a little too quickly, I'm like, that person's not going to stop. And because of that, it has made me the driver I am Today, I've never been in an accident because I assume that the other drivers are going to do something wrong. Now, in all honesty, God has had to work on my heart and remind me that people are made in his image, and, uh, but still, that I need to be careful on the road. And the funny part is those words to live by stick in my mind, and they affect the way that I live. Because as much as that's a silly story, there, there's something true in it, isn't there? That certain words that we take to heart not only affect the way that we see the world, but affect the way that we act and the way that we live. The reality is maybe for you, it was advice that you got. Maybe it was something along the lines of, hey, don't let people get too close because they're going to hurt you. And you hold people at, at arm's length. Or maybe it was something like, hey, you got to get what's yours. You, no one's going to look out for you, so you just got to get it and hold on to it. And, and maybe you, you, you struggle with generosity. And if we trace it back, it actually comes back to these key defining moments, this advice or this input that we've gotten, where it actually, when we put it in our heart, it changes the way that we see the world, and it changes the way that we act. The words that we receive and take to heart have very, very strong power in our lives, because the words that you take to heart will shape the way you see the world, and they will change the way that you act. Another way that we could describe this, this phenomenon is that you hear information and then when you actually start acting on it and believing in it and doing it and putting it into practice in your life, you're putting your faith in it. You're putting your faith in it. And when we look at these words of Jesus, he's inviting us to put our faith and our action behind the words that he is speaking. You know, but either way, no matter what, whether it's the words of Jesus or words like the words that my dad said to me or words that your mentor said to you, whenever we get these words, we believe that if we follow that advice, if we do what we have been told, it is going to lead to a certain kind of life. That's what putting our faith in something means. It means that we think if I, if I just put away enough money, if I just invest my money a certain way, if I just have this kind of relationship, then I'm gonna get the good life. It's gonna bring happiness and satisfaction in my life if I act on this advice. And so we do things like we invest in the stock market or we go to church, or maybe you hide your money in a tin in the backyard, or maybe you don't go to church. You know, you make a decision based on what you want to put your faith in. You know, you date someone who's willing and just wants to be with you because you think a relationship is the thing that's going to give you the good life, or you post on Instagram because you think that likes are the thing that's going to give you the good life, or you wear a certain type of clothes or try a certain type of makeup because you think, if I just do this, I'm going to get the good life. And the reality is that we all, whether you believe in God or not, we live by faith. If you're a Christian, hopefully you live by faith in Jesus. 
But the reality is that no matter who you are, you live by the faith that what you believe to be true about the world is going to provide the life that you want to live. And if that wasn't true, you wouldn't live that way. So we all live by faith, regardless of whether or not we put our faith in God. We receive information, we believe it, and we act on it. That's what faith is. You know, King Solomon was one of the wisest men who's ever lived. And in Proverbs 4.23, it says this, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And in this verse, we see this kind of relationship. This King Solomon, all this time ago, was talking about this, that what you let into your heart will come out of the way that you live. We need to be very cautious about what we're letting into our heart. In fact, Solomon uses the word guard. What that means is that we need to be intentional about the information or the advice or the, the input that we're putting into our heart because it's going to come out in our lives. You know, the reality of the era that we live in is that we live in an information age. There is so much information coming at us at all times. If you were born at the same time as Jesus, you know, you're born at zero AD and, and it would take 1,500 years for the amount of information that you could learn in the world to double. If you were to learn everything that there was to know in the world, it would take 1,500 years for that amount of knowledge to double. Now, by the time it gets up to World War II, they were saying that it was only taking 25 years since World War II for the amount of information in the world to double. And in the 1990s, it goes from 25 years to 12 to 15 months for the amount of information in the world to double. And now, if you talk to a Google Analytics person, they'll tell you that the amount of information in the world, the time that it takes to double, is 12 hours. That means that if you were born yesterday, you're already way behind the curve on the amount of information that's out there. There is no shortage of voices in the world telling you what to have faith in. There's no shortage of voices in the world saying, believe this, this will give you the good life. This is where the good life comes from. But there's one voice that stands true above it all. The reality is that we're all being given information that we're being told to believe in, that we're being told to follow. And the truth of it is that we, this doesn't just come from teaching. It doesn't come from just watching church or reading books or anything like that. It comes from whatever information we're bringing in. We can actually inform our hearts and our minds based on just watching Netflix. We can inform our hearts and minds based on watching shows or telling jokes. Whatever comes into our heart will eventually come out of our heart. Solomon tells us to guard our hearts because it will come out of our hearts. And to be clear, I just want to be clear here. I'm not advocating that Christians just shut their ears and shut their minds, that they be uneducated or unintelligent. That's not what I'm saying at all. No, not, not at all. What I'm saying is that not all information is true and not all information is beneficial. There's certain information that may be true, but it's not necessarily beneficial for your life. So we need to be cautious about what we're putting into our hearts. I'm not saying just be a mindless follower. In fact, I'm saying the exact opposite. What I'm saying is that we as Christians and as people in general need to be intentional about what we are believing in our hearts and following with our lives and putting our faith in because we all live by faith. We need to critically approach the information that we are receiving and decide whether or not it's something that we want to act on. Something very simple is just like considering the source. 
right? Asking, is the person giving me this information or the source giving me this information reliable, right? Something like, is the information that I'm getting true? Or something as simple as, if I follow this information, what's it gonna do for me? If I immerse myself in this information, is it gonna bring health and life into my life? So for example, if your single friend is giving you marriage advice, you probably don't want that marriage advice, right? If your single friend's like, let me tell you the keys to a successful marriage, and you're like, you probably need to get a date first, right? Or, or maybe, you know, it's the conspiracy theorist who is like, you need to vote this way. And you're like, don't you believe? And they're like, yeah, 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 but it's all true. And you're like, nah, I don't know if I want to follow your advice, right? Or if an eight-year-old is like, let me tell you my philosophy on how the world runs. You're like, that's cute, but you're eight, right? You don't have the... You don't have the reliability, you don't have the credibility as a source. And then we need to ask, is this information true? Sometimes it's just flat out not true. The amount of information that gets pushed around out there that actually has no truth behind it, it's, it's kind of sad. But if we as Christians can weigh things against the truth of the word of God, then we will be able to cut through some of the rhetoric out there and see the truth of God in it. And then the last thing there is that we need to be asking, what is this going to do to me? What is this actually doing to me? For example, bad news. Bad news may be true, but it doesn't mean it's healthy for you. It may be true, all the things that they're saying on the news. It may be true if you go and look at the numbers of the season that we're in, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's beneficial for your heart. It doesn't mean that it's beneficial for your mind. So there's certain things that we just need to be guarding our hearts against and making sure, okay, I can check the numbers, but I'm not going to live there. Yeah, I can check that information, but I'm not going to live there. I can be informed, but I'm not going to make decisions based on it because I don't put my faith in that. I put my faith in Jesus. We need to be checking and making sure. We need to be challenging the information that we're getting. And this is not just for Christians. This is for everybody. The reality is if we want to have the good life, if we want to find the good life, we want to find the, the helpful words to live by, the advice that is going to lead us into life, then we need to find a reliable source that tells us the truth and wants us to have life. And when we look at this scripture, when we look at what's going on in Matthew 7, what Jesus is saying is, that, that, that's me. I'm that guy. And this is that advice. These are the words for you to live by if you want to have life. Look at this in verse 24 again. It says, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man. So look at that. That's not just getting information. That's actually going, that is true, and I'm going to live based on it. I'm going to put it into practice. I'm going to do what Jesus is saying. We're taking it to heart, and we're allowing it to change the way we see the world and change the way that we act. He says, the rain came down, the streams rose. The winds blew and beat against that house, and yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock, the truth of God, the words of Jesus. So if you're taking notes this morning, we got three quick points just before we wrap up. We're going to sing another song. We're going to ask God to move in your life right there from home, right from where you're watching. Ask him to come and, and just bring strength and bring peace and bring grace into your life. But if you're taking notes, just real quick, again, this message is titled Words to Live By. And the first point is this, Jesus and his teaching are solid. Jesus and his teaching are solid. If you're looking for words to live by, if you're looking for something to have faith in, 
It is the words of Jesus and the person of Jesus, the way that Jesus calls us to live, the way that he calls us to treat other people, the way that he calls us not to give in to fear, but to trust in God and that God is in control, even when it doesn't feel like it. In John 10, 10, Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly, abundantly. Now that word abundantly, it doesn't just mean like a good life. It doesn't mean a lot of life. It actually means exceeding in quality to any other kind. What Jesus is saying is if you're looking for the good life, I'm it. I'm bringing it to you. I'm making sure that you're gonna have it. The good life starts with Jesus. It starts with the way that he's calling us to live. It starts with the life that he is offering us. So right off the bat, Jesus, we can trust that he is trying to bring us good life. He's not trying to hold us back from anything. He's not trying to get us to do something for him. He came for us and he came to bring us abundant life. The verse that we opened up with this morning is the conclusion of a passage of scripture called the Sermon on the Mount. And this is one of Jesus' most important teachings in all of the New Testament. The writer of this, Matthew, is, is from a literary standpoint, just brilliant. There's a lot there to go into the five different sections and what it would mean to the Jewish audience of the time and the triadic structure and things like that. But here's what's important is that Matthew takes the Sermon on the Mount and is essentially saying to the Jewish audience that's there, Jesus is reliable. Everything that he's saying is reliable. What he is saying is valid. He is a reliable source. And the reason that that is such a critical thing for us to understand is that this verse that we opened up with this morning says, therefore. So if you really want to do some reading today, maybe as a family, go back to Matthew 5 and start reading the Sermon on the Mount all the way up. Just a few chapters, it won't take you very long. But what we believe is that that portion of scripture is Matthew's way of saying, this is complete. This is perfect. This is, if you need something to be just a few chapters, this is where you should go in your Bible. So it's actually a great place for you to start if you're new to the Bible. But what Jesus is saying is th these are the words to live by. This is what you need to be doing. This is what, if you want to have a strong life set on the rock, you need to put these things into practice. And so as Christians, this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to live the way of Jesus and the word of God. All that it says in the Bible, we're trying to put into practice in our life. And we're trying to set our faith in that saying that if I build my life on these truths, if I build my life on these principles, if I build my life on these words to live by, nothing can knock me down. What Jesus is saying here is I'm solid. I'm solid. Because if you build your life on this, nothing can come against you that will prosper. That's what he's saying here. But then take, take a look at this in verse 26, if you still have your Bible open. It says this, he talks about a foolish builder. And this foolish builder who, who builds their house on the, on the sand. So there's the wise builder who builds their house on the rock and the foolish builder who builds their house on the sand. But the interesting thing is this, look what Jesus says, he doesn't, he doesn't say it, it didn't work, does he? In that verse, he doesn't say, and the house barely, it couldn't even stand up, they couldn't even build it, it failed right from the start. No, actually, he says they built the house. They finished the house. And for all we know, they lived in that house for years. They had the beachfront view. From their perspective, they might have been looking up at that house on the rock and going, look at that idiot up there. That's unbelievable. Who would want to live up on a rock when you can be on the water? But what we do know is the storm came. 
Now, be very clear here. Jesus doesn't say when God sent a storm. No, no. He doesn't say that when God chose to bring a storm. No, no, no. He just says when the storm came. The reality of life is that storms come. And the scary part about this passage, the sort of haunting part about this passage, is that Jesus is saying that storms will come. And if you don't set your foundation on me, you might not even know until the storm comes. If you don't set your foundation on the rock, you might not even know that your house isn't solid, that your life isn't solid, that you're not built to last until the storm comes. The crazy thing about this, this passage is that Jesus is not using this as a way to shame anyone. He's just saying, oh, yeah, but when the storm came, it's almost like you can picture him saying it with sadness in his eyes because he doesn't want this house to collapse. He doesn't want the foolish builder's house to, to fall apart. But as he's saying, this is just the reality of life. Storms come, and when they do, the way that you've built your life matters. You know, right now, we're, we're in this season of being in a storm. We're in a season globally of being in a storm. And, and for some people watching this morning, you may feel like you've already collapsed. Maybe you're watching this because you're just looking for hope. You're just looking for something to get you through. Maybe you're looking for something to give you a little bit of hope. And the good news this morning, you can find it here. You can find it in Jesus. Or but maybe you're, you've been, you're a Christian and you're like, but I still feel like things are falling. I still feel like things are falling down, falling off my life. I know in my life personally, there are certain things that I feel have fallen off of my life that I've lost in its sense of pain. And I think just for a moment, it's okay to say, this is a season where you might experience pain and that's okay to experience. It's okay to go, man, that really hurts. That really, that kind of sucks. But at the end of the day, the question is, have the things that have fallen off my life, was that faith in Jesus or was it faith in me selling my house? Was that faith in Jesus or was that faith in my job security? And at the end of the day, God, I think, has grace to bring us back to a place of going, yeah, but look at what is still standing. Look at what is still standing in your life, the faith and trust that you have in me and in my truth. And you know what? We can build more. We can build more on this foundation. Maybe you're experiencing something similar as a Christian, or, or maybe you're watching this morning and you're like, well, that's not really me. I'm, I've just sort of tuned in. I'm not really a Christian. I'm not sure if I'm really ready to even be a Christian, but I know, I know that things have gotten kind of bad. The storm came and the water rose up and man, it just feels like things are falling apart. It feels like things are just breaking off my life. It feels like my life is, I'm just confused. I'm hurt. And I would love to have that firm foundation. But the truth is that I've, I don't. And now I'm just wondering where do, where do I even go from here? What just happened? And how do I go from here? And I got good news for you this morning. And this is my second point. So my first point, again, if you were taking notes, Jesus and his teachings are solid. My second point is this, Jesus is in the restoration business. Jesus is in the restoration business. You know, maybe while you're watching this, you're thinking, man, the, the information that I've believed in, the words that I've been living by, the philosophy that I have had, that I've built my life on, the things that I've placed my faith in, it's, it's all crumbled. It's all crumbled, Matt. And, and the storm came. It feels like my house collapsed. It feels like I'm that person in the story that you're talking about. Or maybe you're, it, it's just hanging on. 
you know, and you feel like the next wave or the next bout of wind, the next number that comes out, the next bad news that you get, the next health report that you get, you feel like everything is going to crumble and it's just hanging on and you're like, man, I'm just hanging in there and I need something. Maybe you've come to the point of realizing this morning, the way that I've been living, the things I've been putting my faith in, they've done nothing for me. All I've done is things for them. I've been serving those things, but really I need something that is going to give me strength, that is going to give me hope, that's going to give me an abundant life. Well, I got good news for you this morning. Jesus is in the restoration business. He's in the restoration business and he wants to restore you this morning. We need to understand something. Jesus cares more about your health and your life and your abundance than you do. And I know that may sound odd because you're like, I don't know, I care about it a fair bit. I, I want to be healthy and I want to have finances and I want that stuff. I'm not even necessarily talking about that. But what I'm saying is that Jesus cares more about your soul and your well-being and your abundant life than you do. You know, we put these, these billboards up around the city to say that God so loved the 902. And that's more of a nod at scripture than a direct quote from scripture. But the principle and truth remains the same. God loved you so much so that he came to this earth, so much so that he died on a cross as we celebrated last week. But not only did he die on a cross to set you free from the sin that would separate you from him, but he rose from the grave, he rose from the dead so that you could have new life in him and start living in a way where you could have that abundant life. He did it for you before you even knew him, before you knew about him. He did it for you because he loved you and he wants to know you and he wants you to have this abundant life. He doesn't just give us a philosophy to live by. He doesn't just give us words to live by. He actually gives us himself. He gives us his presence. Not only did he die on a cross so that we could know him in relationship, but he gave us his spirit so that we could have him with us, the wonderful counselor the Prince of Peace, with us in our heart. That's good news this morning, church. He doesn't just give us a philosophy. He gives us his presence, and he rebuilds and restores us. You know, maybe during this season, as you've had more time to reflect, maybe you've been a little bit more introspective. And actually, I would just say as an encouragement for those especially who are Christians listening, that maybe take this time to ask God, what are you speaking to me? What are you doing in my life? In what area can I change? In what area are you asking me to lay things down or pick things up? Because we have a unique opportunity globally right now to do that as a church and to come out of this thing on the other side stronger and more in love with Jesus and more ready to love people. But maybe you're sitting there and, and you've been thinking about some stuff. You're like, man, I don't like the stuff that's coming up out of my heart. I don't like the things I see in my life. You know, maybe you've been struggling with anxiety and stress and now it, it feels like it's just gone through the roof. Or maybe you feel like you've been noticing some of those, like the way that you respond to your spouse has just gotten a little shorter and a little less gracious. And the way you talk to your kids, it's, it's just flat out anger, you know? Because you're like, why would you do that? Why is there milk all over the floor? And you just, you know, you can't understand it. But at the end of the day, the question is, have you been asking questions and not liking the answers you've been getting? If we trace back our, our behavior, we trace back the way that we're living, we can, we can see from what Solomon is saying that it's, it's in our heart. It's in our heart already. And maybe God wants to take this opportunity to say, hey, let's, let's knock that down. 
and let's just do a remodel. Let's just redo the whole thing. Let's just get rid of some of that stuff that's been waiting in your heart. Or maybe, you know, you've been sitting there and you just felt like, I, I, I feel like a total wreck. Can I just encourage you this morning? Jesus can deal with it. Jesus can deal with it. He can use it. He can use the materials of your life and change the foundation that you're on and set himself in your heart. He can use it. You know, when we spend time with God, listening to his voice and spending time in his word and in prayer, it actually changes our mind. If you were to talk to someone in neuroscience, they would tell you that the way that people change is through the pathways in their brain becoming rewired and reconnected and creating new neural pathways. And this is fairly base level stuff. I, by no means do I have a medical degree or anything like that. But the reality is that the only way that people can actually change their mind and change their thoughts and change their behavior starts in your mind. In Romans 12 too, Paul is talking about this. He's talking about not giving in to the culture around us and being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Way before neuroscience ever came on the scene, Paul is accurately talking about the way that we change. Let me ask you something. Do you feel like you need your mind to change? Do you feel like you need behavior in your life to change this morning? Because God can do it. In fact, this word that's used for transformation in Romans 12 too is, is this Greek word metamorpho. Now meta means change after being with. And morpho means changing form in keeping with an inner reality. Uh, pretty much that means, i.e., changing after being with God. Changing for the better after being with God. A complete transformation from the inside out of our lives. And you know, a recent study just came out. And it was a study that talked about how much people engage with their Bibles. And what they found is that if you read your Bible one to three times a week, it makes almost no difference from if you read your Bible once a month or once every couple of months. You probably struggle with the same sort of things. It's probably not hitting you on a transformational level. Because remember, transformation is being with and then changing. Being with God, being with his presence and then changing. What they found though is that if you read your Bible four times a week, and this is, this is just free advice, four times a week, you are 57% less likely to abuse alcohol. You are 61% less likely to use explicit images. You are 74% less likely to gamble. And then on the positive side, look at this, sharing faith with others, you are 228% more likely if you read your Bible four times a week to share your faith with other people. You are 231% more likely to disciple other people. And you are 407% more likely to memorize scripture. That's transformation. That's what happens. Why? Because it's not, it's not a magical book. It's because when we get in front of the word of God, when we ask him to do something in our lives, he starts to change us from within. He starts to renew our minds. He starts to do a work in our heart. Instead of guarding our heart against bad things, we open our heart to the good things. And from the abundance of our heart, the good things start to flow. Transformation begins to happen. We start to put a foundation on solid rock so that we can build a life with Jesus. Come on, that's good news this morning. And you know what? My, this is my third point here. So again, number one is Jesus and his teachings are solid. Number two is Jesus is in the restoration business. And number three is Jesus' offer is open to everyone. His offer is open to everyone. You know, sometimes we can be the kind of people that think, you know, I've never wanted Jesus. I've never needed Jesus. 
Can I tell you, you've always needed Jesus. You just didn't know it, but he did. I mentioned those billboards. I mentioned that God so loved the world. What that means is he loved you so much that he came to this earth to make a way for you to have relationship with him, for you to have abundant life, for you to have words to live by, but not only that, for you to have the ability to live it out. We don't change because we just try and we just try really hard and put in the effort. We change because the spirit of God moves in our lives. And can I tell you, this invitation is open to everyone. And right now is the kind of moment where people is like, you know, maybe God is mad at me. God's not up in heaven yelling at you. He is down here with you. The presence of God is not up in heaven saying, why would you do that? Why did you put your faith in that? Why did you do that thing? No, no, no. He is right here with you now going, I'm still offering. I'm still open. You can still restart. I'm in the rebuilding business. Yeah, we can take those pieces and we can put them together again. He's not mad at you. He's not angry with you. He's not ashamed of you. He loves you and he wants to change you and he wants to move in you because he wants to give you abundant life. And it starts with Jesus. It doesn't matter if you spent your whole life laughing at Jesus. It doesn't matter if you spent your whole life serving something else. It doesn't matter if you're currently serving something else right now and you found yourself on the stream and you're like, I don't know why I'm here. It's because God wants to move in your life. He wants to draw you and he wants to be in relationship with you. He is still there. Even in the storm, in the wind and the waves, he is walking across the wind and the waves to you. And if all you say is, help. He will pull you up and he will pull you onto a firm foundation and he will set your feet on a rock to start building a life with him. So you know what? This morning, there is not one person that is too far gone. There is not one person that is too far from the spirit and presence of God. He loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. And so here's what I want to do. In the last couple seconds of me preaching, if you're watching this and maybe You've had that moment where you've gone, man, my faith has been in the wrong things and it has not given me life. Or maybe you've had that moment where you're like, everything has fallen apart and I just need someone to rebuild me. Or maybe you finally had that moment where you went, God, God isn't mad at me. He, he loves me, like actually, just the way I am, absolutely. But he loves you so much that he also wants you to change, to experience health and wholeness, not dysfunction, not brokenness. He wants to restore you and he wants to set your feet on a rock. So you know what, if that's you this morning, I got great news. You don't need to be in a church service to become a Christian. You don't need to be in some spiritual moment. All you need is to ask Jesus to come into your life, to ask Jesus to come into your heart. You know, Romans says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, which is exactly what we've been talking about, if you put your faith in Jesus, then you will be saved. So right now, I just wanna ask, if you, even while you're sitting there, if it may feel silly, but I'm just asking you to take a step of faith just to say, God, that's me. Just a conversation with God right now. If that's you and you wanna accept Jesus, you wanna put your faith in him, you want him to set your feet on the rock, you want him to re start rebuilding your life, would you just slip your hand up and say, that's me. I wanna accept Jesus. I believe that he is Lord. I believe that his way is the way to life and I wanna accept him. Would you just put your hand up? I know it may feel odd. Maybe you're with family and they're like, what, you? you? But that's okay. This is a moment with you and God. And you know what? That's awesome if you put up your hand. We're just gonna pray right now. 
And if you, if you put your hand up, or maybe you, you're still t- feeling a little too awkward, so you didn't put your hand up, but you want to accept Jesus, would you just pray this prayer after me? Come on, let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word, and I thank you for what you're doing in people's hearts. God, you see every single hand that went up. God, you see every heart that is turned to you. And Lord, I pray that as people are saying, God, save me, rescue me from brokenness. God, save me from what I've put my faith in. Lord, as people put their faith in you for the first time, I ask right now that your presence would meet them right where they're at, that they would have an incredible sense of your presence. And Lord, I pray that you, you would move into their heart, not just the philosophy, but your presence would move into their heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer or if you, you, you put your hand up, we are so excited for you. Hey, we have this incredible opportunity for you to text in. We got this great program. And so what we would love for you to do is if you did pray that prayer uh, or, or you put your hand up and you want to make that decision, you want to start a journey of faith, all you need to do is text the word faith just by itself, nothing else, just faith to 902-903-2682. You send a text to that that's just going to ask you for like your name and just your number so we can get in touch with you because we would love to start this journey of faith with you. We would love to help you start this journey well, answer any questions you have, pray with you, try to get you a Bible, whatever the case may be. We are here for you and we want to help you start that journey. And you know what? Also, if you need prayer for anything, we would love to pray for you. You can text the word prayer by itself to that same number. And we would love to pray for you. One of our team would love to pray for you and be believing for God to do great things in your life. So we're gonna sing another song. And so, hey, especially if you had that moment where you're like, I want Jesus, would you sing the truth of this song and declare it together as we believe for God to do incredible things in your life?